It's been 11 years since Paris Thompson was gunned down in his Urbana apartment. 11 years later, his family and police still are seeking closure. I miss him dearly, his mother tells News Gazette Media's Carol Varell in her eighth Cold Cases podcast. Police have some tips to work with. They have a sketch of a possible subject, and they think the culprits knew Paris. Still, they're hoping new tips come in to help solve the crime. Meanwhile, the family waits. I keep whoever it is in prayer, Mom tells Carol Varell, and hopefully they turn themselves in. We'll have more on the 2008 murder case after this. Hey, Jim Rosso, News Gazette Media Vice President, reminding you that we have a ton of podcasts available at newsgazette.com every day of the week. From Dave Gentry's Morning Show to Scott Beatty's News Hour to Brian Barnhart's Penny for Your Thoughts. Head to our website, newsgazette.com, and search for podcasts. Veronica Williams just can't bear to think about her son's 35th birthday, 11 years ago, January 20th, because what came a few days later on January 23rd ripped her heart out. A nightmare that still keeps her up at night. Her son, Paris Thompson, was gunned down in his first floor apartment at Sunnycrest Apartments at 1713 East Florida in Urbana. And police are out of leads and tips in their attempt to determine who did this more than a decade ago. Veronica says Paris was born in Jacksonville, Illinois, and lived in several places, including Detroit, where she still lives. The last place he lived, Urbana. Ain't nothing bad I can say about him. He was a good young man. He was a good person. He didn't deserve to be shot like that. Paris was the father of seven children. He never met his youngest, a son who was born after he died. Dwayne Smith is the Urbana Police Department's financial crimes investigator. But in 2008, he was the detective working the homicide. Through his investigation, he learned that Paris had two associate degrees, was on his high school diving team in Detroit, and was also an ordained minister. He was an easygoing, laid-back guy. He's a good-looking guy, and uh, he'd been trying to put his life on the right track. After some some initial problems he had as a younger man, he was managing the, the bakery at the county market uh, in Champaign, and he was he was really trying to walk the straight and narrow. The life that Paris was trying to leave behind included convictions on aggravated battery and on drug charges. In May of 2007, Smith says his parole on a drug conviction ended early. His parole officer said that he was a model parolee, that um, unlike uh, a lot of his other clients, uh, Paris was actually a one he did not worry about, and he had actually recommended that he be uh, given early discharge because he had uh, he had been doing so well. Detective Smith says the last few days of Paris's life were filled with high emotions, sorrow, and chaos. His girlfriend Shamika had lost her father. His funeral was the weekend of Paris's birthday. Many friends and family members were in town for the funeral. 
some staying in the apartment that Paris and Shamika shared on East Florida in Urbana. Lots of people coming and going. On top of all this, Shamika was several months into her pregnancy, carrying Paris's youngest child. And that Sunday, January 20th, was Paris's 35th birthday. A roller coaster of emotions, burying Shamika's father, trying to celebrate Paris's birthday, visitors staying in their home, a whirlwind. And then, a few days later, on Wednesday, January 23rd, there would be more. That's when the lives of people who loved and cared about Paris would be changed forever. It was already an emotionally exhausting week for Shamika. And now she's about to see something she would never imagine. She would be the one to find a dying Paris. Detective Smith. He went to work on the day of his death. You know, we have video footage of him leaving from work just so we confirm our timeline. So we, we, we have video of his walking out of the county market just before, a few minutes before 2 o'clock that day. We know that he received um, and made some phone calls in that, that four-hour, four-and-a-half-hour window between when he, um, when he left work and when he was found by Shamika at the apartment. I think it's 6.38 is when uh, we got the dispatch of a man down. You can view that video of Paris leaving his job at the county market store on our website. Video taken just hours before he was found by Shamika. So she comes home and finds him where? He is on the floor, incapacitated, right inside the door to the apartment. Uh, she could only open the door about two feet, and then you know his body blocks the door. She squeezes in. She's she's five months pregnant at the time, so she squeezes in the apartment um, and sees him on the floor. I think the, her first call was to a relative, her mom or grandmother, and then she she calls nine one one. They coach her through rendering aid rescue breaths, chest compressions. That's probably not what they teach now, but in 2008, that was what Matt Cad would try to coach an RP to do for someone who's incapacitated. Fire department arrived very quickly. Our officers arrived right with the fire department, relieved her of um, her life-saving measures towards Paris. Uh, fire took over and uh, we tried to just kind of get her out of that scene and try to uh, reassure her and keep her calm. But she would eventually go to the ER that night herself because uh, we, we thought it was prudent. We worried about her pregnancy in light of the shocking events there. So when the officers arrived at the scene, they found Shamika doing the CPR. CPR. And what else did they find at the scene? Did they find any weapons or? There were no weapons at the scene. They'd been taken away, obviously, but there have been signs of a struggle, table overturned, chairs overturned, a few other things that were out of place, but not out of place as in robbery, out of place as in a struggle, right in that immediate area near the door. And so that was obviously the, the basis of a initial theory that, um, that this, a struggle had taken place between Paris and the offender or offenders. But there was no force entry to the apartment, so we believe 
parents knew who they were or who he or she was and let them in. And uh, things um, took a bad turn in the apartment. Smith says no DNA evidence was found at the scene that could be processed with the available DNA technology at the time, but something else was discovered. There was uh, a quantity of drugs in the apartment that we would eventually recover um, after we got a search warrant. And obviously we believe that that factors into uh, what happened in the apartment. Do you know who those drugs belong to? We assume that the drugs belong in the apartment of Paris and Shamika. As opposed to maybe all these other people that were there for the funeral of her dad and all that uh, might have brought those in? That's or? right. Yeah, we, we don't believe that to be the case, unfortunately. Um, I think I'll just leave it at okay. that. Yeah. As the months pass, Veronica says it would mean everything to get justice for Paris. She leans on prayer and just not thinking about it to help her cope. That I miss him dearly. He talked every day. It was close, something that can't be replaced. The drugs that were found in the apartment lead police to a theory. And our leading um, theory is still that we believe whomever he allowed in was intending to, to rob him. I think it was um, that they knew or reasonably knew that drugs could be there and that they were going to take them from him. What did the autopsy show? He was discovered to have been shot twice, and both of those shots were from the rear, one to the back of the head um, and one to the, the lower back. So that obviously told us that um, we believe that in the struggle that Paris was actually trying to run. He was trying to leave the apartment with his falling at the door. Smith says it appears that Paris was shot less than two hours before Shamika found him. We know that, that he answered uh, a phone call at, as recently as between 5 and 5.30 that evening, and then Shamika found him at roughly 6.35, so at the, at the maximum an hour and a half and probably less than that. Someone shot and killed Paris, and his mother is looking for answers. I would ask him, ask whoever the why, but I forgive him. Smith says no one said that they heard any gunshots that day or anything else, or said they saw anything, little evidence at the scene. But there is someone who was seen in the vicinity of Paris by two different witnesses in two different places only hours before he was found mortally wounded. Both descriptions similar, most notably his big eyes. We spoke to uh, an individual was familiar with Paris, knew him, and said, you know, on the day that he died, I observed him with a gentleman, and uh, it was probably would have been around, it was around lunchtime, and it was near County Market, his place of employment, and this individual had been seen around before by this witness, but did not know him at all, and described uh, him as having large eyes, very large eyes, and that was just the feature that stood out. The other sighting was at Paris's apartment building. And then so when he described uh, the information about being on the second floor, 
to drop off his daughter at the babysitter and encountering uh, this black male that scared him. And then he proceeded to describe the, the black male that he saw. And then when he, when he also described the gentleman having large eyes, it was a, a record-stopping moment there. Was the suspicious person involved in gunning down Paris? The question is, why is he with Paris around noon and then in his apartment building an hour before he's discovered, you know, shot and killed? Uh, we need to know who this person is. We need to understand the relationship between himself and, and Paris. You can see a sketch of this significant person of interest on our webpage along with this podcast. Do you recognize him? Do you think you might know who he is? Smith says police hope that you can help identify this man. He could have been hanging out waiting for Paris to come home. Maybe he was involved in the fatal shooting of Paris. Smith also says it's possible that the murder of Paris Thompson is related to other crimes. There was a, an associate of his who was a victim of a, of a similar attempt to steal drugs um, just two days before his murder. It's one of those facts that we cannot not consider. His friendship with this uh, other victim he was not shot, but he was approached by two, uh, two gentlemen who were armed and wearing masks. So that victim's friendship with Paris, he admitting that that contact was more than likely to distill a quantity of drugs that he also admitted that he had in his residence at the time. We can't dismiss that there is a could be a connection there, but he did not know the identity of the, the identities of the two people that tried to rob him. So we do we have two unknown possible suspects that we would like to look into with regards to possibly involvement with Paris's death. Now that the incident two days prior was not reported to the police. Oh, it wasn't. Um, no, and that's not unusual. Mm-hmm. Some people kind of accept the risk of that line of work. There are many attempted drug robberies, if you will, that happen that we never know about because some consider it the price of doing business, the cost of doing business, and then they believe that the police are not ever going to really pursue uh, those type of investigations with, uh, they don't have confidence that we're going to pursue those type of investigations as we would if we believe drugs were not involved. And that's, that's not the case, actually, because those solving those cases will actually end up being a lot more beneficial to the community because we're probably going to get more drugs and more guns than in desperation robberies. Uh, where you're just trying to feed yourself for your family. But these concerted drug ripoffs, to solve a quantity of those, will typically benefit the community, make the community safer. Because those suspects are always going to lead you to more contraband, more drugs and guns, which we need off the streets. So um, victims are victims. Uh, we try not to judge. Sure, you might be doing something illegal in your house, but that's protected. You're, you are allowed to do, unless an investigation can, can get us a search warrant to, to come into your home and stop what you're doing, there's still the expectation of privacy, even if it is to do something illegal. So you are still the victim of a robbery, even though the target of the robbery was 
contraband. So and we would still take those reports and we would investigate them vigorously. Whoever shot and killed Paris Thompson on January 23rd in 2008 is still out there getting away with murder. Police have no new leads or tips to pursue. They've all dried up. Detective Smith says the high emotions and chaos of the last week of Paris's life have made it difficult to latch on to a theory of what happened and who was involved in the crime. So many moving parts. Police need your help to get whoever did this off the streets and behind bars. Have you heard rumors? Heard anything? Maybe no more about something that night than what you have said? Even if it seems insignificant to you, it might be a major piece of the puzzle. Considering we're, uh, we're coming up on 11 years after the fact, we just we need any rumors, any, any information whatsoever from anyone who was, who was around in 2008 and who may have heard idle talk about Paris's murder. Even if the individual never gave much credence to what they were hearing, we always want to hear what people have heard because we may have the other piece of the puzzle that makes that, that one piece of information important. We may, and more than likely, we do have other information that could corroborate what someone else has heard. We just don't need people to assume because it sounds weird to you or it sounds implausible that it should be ignored and it should not be um, given to the police. That could be the very last piece of the puzzle that brings this uh, together for us. And people can still do this anonymously if they choose to do so, or we would love to you know, have a sit down with anyone who would want to share with us anything that they may you know, may have heard, even if anything that was happening in the community just before his his murder. So even if the person doesn't know, didn't know Paris themselves, but was aware of possible robberies or um, armed subjects in town during that time frame, anything could be helpful. And the, the family would appreciate any new leads that could breathe new life into this case because we still have a considerable uh, number of family and friends who are still living, you know, in, in, a, in some degree of agony. There is a resolution that, that they are seeking. Justice still needs to be served even 11 years later. He has children who would like to know what this was really about and who was involved including a child he never got to meet, a son. So please communicate to the Urbana Police Department anything, no matter how trivial, how minor, how silly. You just never know. You never know. It could mean something to us. Contact Detective Dwayne Smith or Investigations at 217-384-2330, 384-2330, or the Urbana Police Department's main number at 217-384-2320, 384-2320. You can also remain anonymous by calling Crime Stoppers at 373-TIPS. I just want justice, that's all. Like I say, I'm... I pray for the person who done it, you know, 
people don't realize it takes a split second for you to run your whole life. You know, you run your life, your family's life, my family's life. So, I, like I say, you know, I I keep the whoever it is in prayer and just hopefully that they'll turn themselves in. We need you to try to put yourself in in the shoes of, you know, the, the grieving mother, uh, the grieving children. If you were in their position, if the murder we were investigating was of someone significant to you, would you encourage someone to have the courage to give that information to the police so that you and your family would have the, the chance at justice that you would believe your loved one deserves? And for all of those who love Paris Thompson, they believe that they've, uh, they have the right to know who killed their loved one and, and why. I'm Carol Varell.